What's up, everyone? Welcome to the best of the week. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, and what a week it has been. Whew. Love all the changes being made with Triple H's head of creative. It's been a very good week for WWE fans. So let's get to it. Let's get to my thoughts on Raw and SmackDown this week. Let's get to the best ones, I should say. If you want to hear the whole thing, there's Raw and SmackDown recaps in the feed. But when you listen to this, you're getting the best of. So here is the best of my thoughts on this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Show began with Becky Lynch making her entrance in a sling as she walks out to address what happened at SummerSlam. She said at SummerSlam, she finally remembered who she is, and it's not in the fancy clothes or the constant need of attention. It's in the pursuit to be better today than she was yesterday and so on. Obviously referencing the fact that after she lost to Bianca, they had a nice embrace, and then she helped her against Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. It's funny. <laughs> in the reaction video I did in the arena for when Io Shirai, former Io Shirai, now Io Sky, uh, when she came out, because all the graphics on the screens said Io Shirai, and I was only in the arena. I couldn't hear the announcing, so I said Io Shirai in my video that we posted on social media, and all the comments were like, I'm pretty sure you mean Io Sky, and I was really confused until I put it all together and was like, oh, they gave her a new name? But why were the why the Titantron say her old name? Thankfully, that was corrected tonight. We'll get to her match later on. Right now, we're still on Becky's. <laughs> Becky says that when she separated her shoulder at SummerSlam, which is obviously a huge bummer. She had two choices, give up or give it everything that she had. Uh, that forced her to grit through her teeth in the most painful 20 minutes of her career. But it wasn't more painful, she said, than how separated she had come from reality over the last year. Obviously talking as well about the big time Bex character rather than the man, which we all love. But Becky says she's not going to be defined by any title or any man. I define the man, and God, I gotta say, ugh, I was already so hyped here, so hyped. I've enjoyed everything Becky has done since she's come back, but we all love the man. We've all been wanting to cheer Becky Lynch as the man again, and as great as Big Time Bex has been, as smart as she was for making it a very far departure from what she had been doing on Raw SmackDown as the man, now we're getting her back, even if she is injured and probably going to be out for the next few months, which WWE did say she's going to be out for the next few months. But before we got there, Becky says we now start a new era and a new comeback story, which I liked. But Bianca Belair comes out. Oh, excuse me. But I didn't mean to say but there. I don't know why I said but. What I was going to say is a subtle reference to Triple H's new era as well, beginning. I think it was that we start a new era on Raw in reference to... Triple H and her new comeback story. Now, Bianca Belair comes out after that and has a great line. She says, Becky, you not only define the man, you are the man. Oh, like, honestly, I don't get that emotion. I, it, it takes a lot for me to get emotional watching wrestling. But I'm such a big fan of Becky's at this point, And I've wanted her to get back to that character. And just the way this was all done, it actually made me a little emotional. It just made me so happy to see Becky in the way she should be presented again. And I hope that she isn't out of action for too long. So she leaves. And Bianca says that she shook hands with Becky because there's a mutual respect between them now. 
She doesn't want to be handed anything and then addresses that there's a target on her back, but says that she's still the Raw Women's Champion and that she stays ready for whoever is next, whether that's Bailey or her little friends who, try, who tried to surprise me at SummerSlam. But Becky is shown in the back being attacked by Bailey, Dakota, and Io Sky. And they're, they got a chair wrapped around her arm. They, they mess with her arm some more, the shoulder, the arm, whatever. They're hurting her more. <laughs> Bianca chases the back, chases to the back to help, but they're already gone. Champa gets his match against AJ Styles later. A competitive, longer match. Here's oh, excuse me. I wanted to bring attention to a tweet at this point because I uh, I'm reading my notes here and I got a little ahead of myself. That's that's what having ADD is like. Your your brain moves ahead of your mouth. <laughs> Um, I tweeted this during the show, and I at this point, I was really feeling that way. I said, a competitive, longer match on Raw between Ciampa and AJ Styles. Dakota Kai and Io Io, Io in a faction with Bailey pushes for people like Chad Gable, Montez Ford, and Mustafa Ali. This is becoming the WWE future we thought we were getting years ago before everything changed. I'm happy. I truly felt that way at this point. Like That came from my heart when I was watching this because... I think a lot of us who watched NXT thought that, like, this was what the company was going to become, even not necessarily, like, in the exact same way, but I think we thought we were going to see some of these people interacting in certain ways with the main roster people. Like, I wanted to see that, you know? And then instead, sometimes they'd get called up and everything would be different. It wouldn't be the same. I don't feel that way right now. I'm liking this. These are the people I wanted to see. These are the pushes I wanted to see. This is the kind of vibe I wanted to see on WWE TV, and they kind of moved away from it. And now we're getting back there, and I think that the fans are really happy. There's this real happy energy around WWE right now. People are enjoying the shows. People have enjoyed the past few shows since Triple H took over as creative. I don't see as many complaints out there. And honestly, if there are people that are complaining about Monday Night Raw this week, Maybe a few nitpicks here and there. That's fine. We're all allowed to have critiques. That's what's so fun about it. I love watching wrestling and seeing other people's critiques all across the board. Not even just with WWE. You know, like when when there's a respectful critique being given and people have their opinions, it's fun. I just don't like when it's angry and I don't like when, you know, people aren't always fully enjoying things to the max. And this is like, man. This show is people to the join things to the max. So if you see people out there that are still after this Raw and after SummerSlam nitpicking every single part of the show, saying that every single thing sucked, then they are showing their true colors at this point. Uh, this match had another awesome Styles Clash setup from the top rope, uh, but Miz puts Champa's foot on the rope after he lands it, so Champa stays in the match and eventually. He picks up a huge win to become the number one contender to the U.S. title. Those memes are slowly getting closer to a reality. Title match is scheduled for next week with the U.S. champion, Lashley, who was interviewed after that, and he hypes up Ciampa as his next opponent. But he says he's going to bring some respect back to the United States title and that he has no problem giving Ciampa a reality check. All right, those were my thoughts on Raw. Now let's get to my best interview segment from this week's episode with Eric Bischoff. If you listened to it, it was unfiltered. 
Uh, it was definitely not like other episodes, but that's what you would expect when you get Easy e former WCW president on Add a Character. So here's my favorite segment from this week's conversation with the one, the only, the man who loves a little bit of controversy, Eric Bischoff. Obviously, the, the biggest news right now, Vince McMahon has retired. Triple H is taking over ahead of creative. You have great insight into taking over creative for a company and, and turning things around to make it, you know, something that did enter the pop cultural pop culture zeitgeist and became and made all that happen to some degree. So and still is and, and, still, and is. still is right. and still is. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, what do you think Triple H has to do to turn things around to to make things better in in for in you know in your opinion? Here's here's what I'm excited about. Um, I'm very, very optimistic. Now, I'm not tight with Triple H. All right, we 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 get along, right? We, we can be together in a room, and it can be very, very pleasant and 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 um, borderline fun. But like, we don't hang. He didn't drink anyway. But if he did, we didn't go out for drinks, right? None of that. We don't chat. So I don't know him personally. But I did get a chance to, for a brief, very, very, very brief period of time, four months back in 2019, get a chance to work with him. Here's what I think. I think Stephanie has been the head of creative under Vince. I think Triple H has been the head of creative under Vince. I think both of them know that is phenomenal of a process as Vince McMahon's process was and what it achieved over the last couple of decades. The fact that it's a $5 billion market cap company with a global footprint speaks to Vince McMahon and his process. If I'm right, there is a whole lot of talented people that I did get to work with a lot over a short period of time that I have nothing but admiration, not just respect, that comes along with the admiration. So at the same time, you've got all new, a, a new creative regime, although it came up within the, you know, under the mentorship of one Vince McMahon. That's a great thing, by the way. Uh, but they also see that, you know, things have to change. Oh, and by the way, if this TV 14 thing or whatever it is, is true, that means we get a whole bunch of different colors that we can put on our palette to paint our pictures with. Wow. We're no longer restricted to just these few little colors here because these are safe colors and advertisers love these colors. And this is where we make our money. But if we're going to move into a different rating because the networks are comfortable with the fact that they can increase revenues by going a little older and skewing a little older, well, that gives writers and producers more colors to paint pictures with. I have no idea. Uh, I have no insight here. Don't want to get in trouble with my bosses who are maybe watching this. No insight into the rating change. But I feel like it's not. I feel like it was just a technicality. I feel like it was, I think, just in my opinion, I don't think it was an internal thing. I think that it was just a... Uh, uh, Speculation. Somebody said, hey, what if we do this? And then it turned into a leaked memo. Yes, exactly. And I think it was a case of bad reporting, which I know that you uh, definitely are critical of in, in the wrestling realm. If you could have had anyone join the NWO in its heyday, contracts aside, besides, anyone besides Stone Cold Steve Austin, who would you have wanted to join the NWO the most? Look, if Shawn Michaels wouldn't have been such a head case at the time, nothing respectful. I mean, Shawn turned his life around. 
mean, Sean lives, from what I know, an exemplary life. He's a good husband. He, he's a good person. He, he, he figured it out. But I wouldn't have wanted to have him anywhere near my roster back then. Now, if he would have been able to figure out everything he's figured out in the last 20 years, back in 1996, absolutely. Would have loved to have a, a healthy, stable Shawn Michaels on that, on that NWO roster. Absolutely. That would have been epic for sure. That would have been awesome. You mentioned it earlier. You talked about, you know, NWO still being part of the pop culture zeitgeist. We got Captain America, New World Order coming out. If the NWO wrestled against the Avengers, who do you think would win? Oh, yeah, NWO. The NWO? Oh, <laughs> Seriously? I mean, the, Seriously? The, the Avengers have superpowers. The NWO is the NWO. You think Hulk Hogan's taking on the Hulk? I think he'd make Kevin Nash do it. <laughs> All right. You get, you get Hulk Hogan against Captain America? Do you think those are the two that go up against each other? Oh, that has to be. That is your main event. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Captain America versus Captain America wannabe? Come on. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, could it come out of that red and white mask? You know? That, oh. Oh. <laughs> I would love to see that. That would be that'd be the real forbidden door right there. NWO against the Avengers. <laughs> All right, that was my conversation with Eric Bischoff. If you haven't listened to it yet, what are you doing? Go check it out. It's Eric Bischoff. He's always entertaining. You're always going to find something interesting that he said, even if you don't like him. Even if you don't like him, I know you're going to find something interesting on there. So make sure you check it out. On to SmackDown. On to this week's episode of SmackDown, which I loved. Super pumped on it. Here's my favorite parts of this week's SmackDown, which included the return of one of my favorite wrestlers, Karrion Cross. Gauntlet match for a title shot. Like I said, a title shot against Liv Morgan, a clash of the castle. Starting off with Sonya Deville versus Aaliyah. Sonya advances over Aaliyah. I saw it was noted on Twitter. This is like her first win since like 2019, even if it was in a gauntlet match. Raquel then advances. Raquel's out next. She then advances over Sonya after hitting the Tejana bomb. She also gets a quick win over Shotzi after the break. And then advances over Zia Lee as well with another Tejana bomb. Making her 3-0. Natalia comes out next. One more to Hanabom. This one from the middle rope. Thought it looked really cool. And I just felt like this all made Raquel Rodriguez look very strong. She gets the win there to take it to 4-0. Former NXT champion. NXT women's champion. Um, clearly being displayed in a proper, in a proper light. With Triple H in charge. Killing it against all of these women. Standing out by pinning so many in a row. And not in a way that really diminished all the other athletes either. Raquel is someone who should be primed for a title run. And this made her look well. But Shayna Baszler's out next. Shayna Baszler. Pumped, dude. Huge fan of Shayna Baszler's run. 
in NXT, and I would have no problem with Triple H giving her the same kind of push on SmackDown. She is awesome. She is someone who should be in title matches. She is someone who should be at the top. So she wins. She gets the pin. Uh, pin. She gets uh, the victory over Raquel Rodriguez. Solid match between these two. I also liked, it was a small thing, but I liked hearing Shayna's NXT title history being put over by Cole on commentary. I feel like, we go back and forth on that. <laughs> they go back and forth on if the history of NXT is going to be mentioned. I know Charlotte had her whole thing where it was she was a certain number of world title wins and then it went back. And I'm wondering where that stands now. But I like that Shayna wins the title shot here. Shayna is someone who should be at the top, like I was saying. Should be in title matches. I'm wondering where how, how this plays out, though. You know, we got... We got Shayna Baszler in a title match against Liv. Shayna Baszler, obviously we know her homie is Ronda Rousey. So how do those two factor in here together? You know, I'm wondering if we don't see Ronda for a bit, maybe, or I don't know. I could just see and I could picture a scenario where even though we don't have all the four horsemen and W four horsewomen in W excuse me, the four horsewomen of MMA. Uh, in WWE anymore, I could see a, a a world where Ronda and Shayna get paired up together. Um, wouldn't mind seeing them as a tag team in the women's tag team title tournament, which we're going to get to in a minute as well. So, um, I'm wondering how all those things factor in, but I could see a world where feud between Shayna and Liv happens. Uh, Liv beats Shayna, but then uh, once again has to go against Ronda. Ronda beats her for the SmackDown women's title with help from Shayna Baszler and then Shayna Baszler and Ronda run amok. I could see it. I don't know. I could just see it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Could be wrong. I hope not. I like Liv as champion. But I could see a world where they want to put the title back on Ronda Rousey. Lastly, the show ended with Roman Reigns coming out for his segment with Drew McIntyre. First, though, Roman wants to talk a little about Brock Lesnar, and he's like, yeah, no, no, I hate him too. I hate him just as much as you guys, but I do respect that man. But I hate him as much as you guys. <laughs> um, then he says, not because you think, though. He says he hates Brock because he tried to kill the wise man. Um, before we get to everything, um, I just, it's you know, it's, it's always fun hearing Roman Reigns on the microphone without Paul Heyman. He's just, uh, he's so confident in everything he says now. It's just such a difference from from before, and uh, yeah, he just seemed like his usual badass self here. But Drew McIntyre finally interrupts, calls Roman our tribal queef, and says he can't wait until Clash at the castle. Um, then, as he takes his shirt off, ready for a fight, carrying cross his music hits, carrying cross his music hits. I like was watching this just my jaw hit the floor. Like I I heard the music and I went, "Wait, that's Karrion Cross's music." Oh my god, that's Karrion Cross's music. Hell, yeah. You can see from my Twitters, I'm like from my Twitters, from my tweets, I'm just like, "Shut up. Yes." I'm just so happy, dude, because I have long said that I think Karrion Cross is a one of a kind talent. Just so, such like a, like a, 
such like a mesmerizing on-screen presence, in my opinion. And so to see him back in WWE after getting released made my night. I freaking loved it. I'm a huge Karrion Cross fan. Um, I loved what he did in NXT. I loved the way his character was presented in NXT. Scarlet is awesome as a manager or valet, whatever you want to call her, as a, as a ringside, as a package. Scarlet and Karrion Cross rule, rule. I love him. I think that he could be a world champion on either show, and to have Karrion Cross back in the fold, in my opinion. Is 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 a huge, huge, huge coup for Triple H. I mean, the guy brought back someone who is a main event caliber talent, and it may. And this, this is this is this is how he should have been presented the first time. This is how he should have presented the first time. He attacks Drew McIntyre, then Scarlet comes down to the ring. She puts the hourglass in the ring for Roman to see. Tick tock. Cross stares on at Roman Reigns, who is not impressed whatsoever. This is how Karrion Cross should have been presented the first time. Not in some stupid mask and silly costume. He should have been presented like a badass, attacking someone at the top and having a message for the champ. That's how he should have been presented the first time. I didn't understand anything. Any of the way he was presented last time. At all. I was so confused by it. So unhappy with it. Did not like it. And now. Now we've got. A main event caliber talent on our hand. Who I think the audience. Is going to love in this way. No one liked what was going on before. No one liked it. Everyone was confused. Everyone wanted to see the guy we had seen in NXT. And now we've got that. And even better, a little bit better. He's got this leather jacket going. He's got the hair. He looks like a million bucks. The guy, I'm so pumped. You're like, Ryan, calm down. Calm down. But I can't. These are such huge strides Triple H has been making, dude. Like in such a short amount of time, he's making me excited to watch these shows in a way I haven't been in a while. Yeah, I enjoyed the shows before. I know I enjoyed them. But there's a difference between enjoying the shows because it's like, um, it's just like, you know, your comfort food versus like, man, feeling like you're eating a steak dinner. And I feel like I'm eating a steak dinner again. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm, I, was an, I was a huge NXT 1.0 fan. And this felt like NXT 1.0 upgraded to SmackDown. You know what I mean, guys? Like, it felt like an upgrade from 1.0. You know, I mean, like, let me, let's like, like, let's, like, let, like let's just you know, just in the basics, you know, like just in the basics here, if you're just like looking down the, 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 the roster, right? You got, and you're, and you're someone like me who liked NXT 1.0. You got Drew McIntyre, former NXT champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, Corbin, Shayna Baszler, Gunther, Sami Zayn, Viking Raiders, Liv Morgan, Shotzi, Raquel Rodriguez. Now, Karrion Cross. I'm guessing... I have a strong feeling that that uh, Butch, I just, I don't know this, but I, just based on everything that's been happening lately, I feel like Butch is going to leave the brute soon and return to being Pete Dunne, just the way everything's happening, because that's someone else who, as much as I've enjoyed this Butch character, it's fun, it's entertaining, 
Pete Dunne is a talent that should be on the shows uh, as Pete Dunne. He, he got that character over. This Butch thing doesn't need to necessarily be happening. I could really see him being the next one who gets repackaged, repositioned in the way we want to see him. Charlotte, when she comes back, people Triple H knows how to book. I'm loving it. Oh, this could be NXT 1.0 upgraded as SmackDown. And as we all know, NXT 1.0 for a time was one of the best things going in all of pro wrestling. Just bring up Johnny Gargano too. Just bring just just call Johnny Gargano up, bring him on to SmackDown, make it all complete. That's what I want to see. Oh, what a good night. What a good SmackDown. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. All right, that was this week's best of the week. Make sure that you return to this podcast feed tomorrow morning. We got an interview with Bobby Lashley that I recorded out in Nashville, and it was one of my favorite conversations that I had out there. We had our whole vibe going. I think you guys are going to dig it. So make sure tomorrow morning you're back in this podcast feed listening to my conversation with Bobby Lashley. In the meantime, though, make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Monday morning on video at 9 a.m. Pacific time, as well as clips from Raw and SmackDown. And if you're listening to this feed right now, make sure that you're subscribed. And if you already are, I appreciate it. But now I'm going to ask another thing from you. I'm going to ask you to go leave a review or a rating. That also helps out a lot as well. So please, please do that. It would mean the world to me, and I'll read it on here most likely if you do. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm tapping out for now. Till next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been the best of the week.